0: Welcome to the Live to 110 podcast. I'm your host, Wendy Myers. Today, I'm interviewing Nikki Moses of MosesNutrition.com. She is a nutritional balancing practitioner in the Los Angeles area in Glendale, and she happens to know a ton about infrared saunas. So today, we're going to go in depth about infrared saunas. So if you've been curious about what they are and how they can improve your health, this is the show that you've been waiting for. Sweating is one of the best ways and really some of the, the only ways to get out many chemicals and heavy metals that are present in our bodies today. Industrial dumping and polluting have resulted in us harboring 700 chemicals on average in our bodies. Babies today are born with about 70 chemicals on average in their bodies. So common sense tells us that this cannot be good for us and will likely lead to health issues, and, health issues and disease. Advances in technology have allowed us to take detox one step further with the advent of infrared saunas. They penetrate far deeper than a regular sauna, thus providing deeper detoxification. So today we're we're going to talk about which kinds are best and how they differ from a typical Finnish or Swedish dry heat sauna that you find at your gym or spa. Uh, But first, I have to do my little disclaimer. Please keep in mind that the Live to 110 podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, or cure any disease or health condition. This podcast is solely informational in nature and is not a substitute for medical advice. Please consult your healthcare practitioner before attempting any treatment you hear on this show. Our guest, Nikki Moses of MosesNutrition.com, is a nutritional balancing practitioner, and uh, nutritional balancing science is a healing and detoxification program that uses several methods to detox heavy metals and chemicals that are making us sick. Uh, She's been working with clients for many years, helping them to overcome their health conditions. And one of the many methods that she employs are infrared saunas, which she's going to expound on today on the show. Hello, Nikki. Hi, Wendy. Well, thanks for agreeing to be on the show again. This is round number three.
1: (laughs) My pleasure. I love it.
0: (laughs) Well, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and how you came to be a nutritional balancing practitioner?
1: Well, I got into this through my own health journey, which I think is a very common story for health practitioners. I had a lot of health issues as a baby. It got worse as I got older. So my journey began searching for something that would help me. Uh, The medical system really didn't have any solutions for me, so I wound up looking in nutritional realms. And I actually did travel around. I met with some amazing practitioners, tried all sorts of techniques, and I finally found Dr. Wilson, who is... The premier specialist on nutritional balancing. It's really his science. Um, and he had worked with a, a doctor named Dr. Eck, Dr. Paul Eck, who had spent decades researching hair analysis in terms of, of how the mineral levels in the hair relate to what's going on in the body and what to do to correct the balance of the body so it can start really healing itself. So Dr. Wilson had teamed up with Dr. Eck for probably about the last 14 years of of research they did together. And when Dr. Eck passed, Dr. Wilson continued the research. So I found him. I got fortunate enough to become one of his practitioners. He took me on directly and started training me and actually gave me a lot of his own clients. And so I learned very quickly uh, with with quite a flow of clients and still work with him quite closely to this day. And his protocol is what corrected my body. I was full of infections. I was really a mess. I couldn't really function well at all. I had to, you know, pretty much retire from any career I had been trying to do. That's how bad my health got. So it completely turned me around. And I, I, of course, wanted to help share this with others, so I did uh, fully train in his protocol, and now I do deliver that as well to clients all over the world.
0: Oh, great. So, So basically, um, why don't you tell the listeners why we need to detoxify? I mean, why do we need to uh use an infrared sauna and what will happen if we don't?
1: Well, here's the thing. We're all full of toxic substances, right? If you're listening to this, I'm guessing you already are aware of that fact. Uh but most people don't realize just how toxic we are. They're quite surprised, you know, once you get into this process to really see how much is there in the body. As you mentioned uh in in a previous you know, section here, we're born with this stuff. We have, you know, we accumulate it. It's everywhere in our environment. Uh, it's in the air, it's in the food, water, body products, household products, medications, right? It's, it's pretty impossible to avoid it. I mean, even the beds we sleep on are filled with fire retardants and other chemicals, unless you, you know, work hard to find one that isn't. So we get overloaded from these. Our system's overloaded. It's not designed to process that many toxins. Now, if you're extremely healthy and nourishing yourself very well and getting the right nutrients, which is what nutritional balancing is all about, the body can start to get a handle on this and start pushing this stuff out. But most people are not in that situation. They're collecting toxins. I often tell my clients, you are built with toxins. And you don't really know it until the situation becomes severe enough that you start getting symptoms and diseases, right? But that process has been going on usually since birth. And eventually it overloads enough where you start to get, you know, some type of sign of it. So this toxic load is, is, is a very big factor. And, and you put on top of that the fact that our bodies are generating toxins just as part of the normal biochemical functions in our systems. And those toxins need to be released as well. And when you're overloaded, that doesn't happen well. The body is so overloaded with external toxins, it can't even get rid of the internally generated toxins. So then you get even more toxic. And the whole thing spirals out of control. And you need every way you can that's gentle and safe to help the body move this stuff out. And the saunas um, have been a, a fantastic way to do that. They've existed for, you know, thousands of years in various forms. Um, they have a very long safety record, we can say. <laughs> and uh, it's, it is an important use of the skin as a detoxification organ because that is – the skin is our largest organ. It is designed to push toxins out. We do that through sweating. Um, and various other processes the body will just send toxins to the skin to come out and so it's a, it's a valuable way to remove toxins from the body and it's so easy to to encourage that by using saunas
0: Well, in all my research and experience and I know in yours as well one of the best ways to detox is with an infrared sauna so what are some of the benefits uh, of using an infrared sauna?
1: Well, with the infrared sauna it might be good to, to talk about um, a little bit about Well, we'll get into that maybe a little bit later, but the different types of saunas, right? You have traditional saunas, which is the type you have at the gym, and then you have, you know, there's different kinds of infrared saunas. There's the near-infrared sauna, which is what we mostly are going to be talking about today. Uh, It's using lights. They're red infrared bulbs. They're heat lamps, and you arrange them in in an enclosure so that they're aimed at you and it heats you up and you sweat. Um, There are steam saunas. There are different kinds of saunas. Far infrared saunas became quite popular. I would say maybe about ten years ago. Um, They're still popular today. Uh, And generally, when you're dealing with the the the, um, infrared saunas, like Wendy mentioned, they penetrate the heat penetrates the body a little bit more deeply. And you have with saunas, especially with the infrared and using the light saunas that we're going to be talking about, there are three main aspects to the benefits. You have heat you have the benefits of heating the body. You have sweating and the action of sweating. And then with the light saunas that we're talking about, the near infrared saunas, you also have some color therapy because it uses a red bulb. Um, So to address these three components here, we'll start with heat. Um, Heat has many benefits on the body when you heat the body. Uh, It does increase blood flow to the area being heated um, that's why if you, you know, put a hot pad on your body, for example, the skin turns red in the area that you're putting the hot pad because it's, it's drawing blood flow to the area. So uh, anytime you're, you're in that sauna and you're facing those lights, you're heating that side of the body and the blood moves to that side of the body, um, which increases circulation and gets the blood moving around the body. Blood can tend to stagnate in the body. And when you're heating it, it will move towards the area of heat. And uh, it also moves blood when you heat the body towards the skin in general to help expel that heat. So you get an increase in circulation. And why that's important is the blood brings oxygen, it brings nutrients, it brings immune cells. If there's tissues with infection, for example, you you increase the blood flow, it helps bring more antibodies and other immune cells to the area. Um, And heat itself uh, has, you know, other benefits in addition to circulation. Um, and one component of circulation that's also important that we don't always think about is that when you get the circulation into those tissues, it can grab the toxins and debris that are in the area and pull that stuff out. The blood brings nutrients, but it also pulls, you know, pulls things and debris and toxins out of the tissues. So that increase in circulation is, is a huge benefit. But when you talk about heating the body, it does have other benefits. Um, generally, for example, when you get sick, right, you might get a fever, Well, a fever is a body's natural defense mechanism. Heating the body assists with the functioning of the immune system, and it also disables many microorganisms, these little pathogens. They don't tend to like heat. Uh, For example, Lyme cases. We get a lot of people with Lyme, um, and they do amazingly in these saunas. The Lyme does not react well to the sauna heat. Viruses can't replicate, for example, at higher temperatures. Right, so the heating the body creates a, a huge benefit when dealing with infections.
0: Yeah, I love that it's helpful for parasites too, because it's really yeah. difficult to treat a you know there's not a treatment for every parasite, nor even a test for most parasites. And That's the right. sauna just you know cooks them.
1: It does. They don't. They don't tolerate it well. Uh, they so if, huge benefits. I've seen I mean, tremendous benefits with people with infections, and in fact, it's 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 so valuable. I have people who come to me with, you know, some strange infections they picked up overseas and I, I tell them, I say, you have to get one of these saunas. You have to start doing this. It's so important. Uh, and so, yeah, so it's very valuable in that way. And then you have another more subtle component here, um, which is that the sauna heat generates what are called heat shock proteins in the body. These are little proteins that scavenge out trouble. Um, They will kill off weak and damaged cells that need to be killed off. They will go after even cancer cells, for example. Um, Those heat shock proteins fight infections. They attach to toxins. So they first discovered them when heating the body. Scientists first found that that's why they call them heat shock proteins, that these little proteins are released. Now, other things will release them too, but heat is one of the most effective means of doing this. So almost any condition can be benefited just from the release of those proteins while doing a sauna. So that's the the heating component. Uh, And, of course, you get muscle relaxation with heat. You know, all kinds of benefits, aches and pains, right, tend to to do better. Um, The heat also seems to help move the lymphatic system when you're doing a sauna. So it's very good for, for, you know, pumping that lymphatic system and getting that to drain more properly. Um, But then you also have the component of sweating. And this is a component with any type of sauna, right? You want to sweat. That's the idea. Uh, you want to activate your skin. You want to get those toxins moving out through your skin. And one problem today is most people, their skin's all clogged up. They haven't been sweating enough for years. They wear tight clothes. We get chemicals rubbed into our skin all the time. You know, it kind of shuts down. The skin stops acting as it should, as a as a, one of your main eliminative organs. So when you start doing saunas, at first you'll find, and Wendy, you may have found this too, that you don't sweat as much in the beginning.
0: Yeah, that's what I did find.
1: Yeah, because your body has to get used to it. It has to remember, oh, this is my job. This is what I'm supposed to do. And as you do the saunas, you sweat more and more. And that carries in through your whole life, not just while you're in the sauna. Your skin is now activated, and it starts functioning um, properly. It unclogs, and, you know, it kind of wakes up, and it remembers what it's supposed to be doing. So that's a huge benefit of, of the saunas, not just the time you're sweating in the sauna. But, you know, in other, your the rest of your, you know, hours of your day as well. So uh, that's a huge benefit. And sweating, as you mentioned, you know, toxins are released through the sweat. For example, they've tested sweat after sauna and they found mercury in it. So we know that that comes out through the sweat. Uh, so there are various toxins that are, are more readily in some ways released through sweating than through any other means in the body. So you take advantage of that when you're doing the sauna as well.
0: Yeah, namely phthalates. Phthalates are typically the most... Uh uh, the, 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 you know, the, there's the most of it in our body, uh, compared to other uh, toxins and whatnot. And, uh, those come out through the sweat.
1: Right. That's true. Yeah. And so it's, it's, I mean, it's, you know, when you're talking about an overloaded body, you need to do anything you can to help get this stuff out. Right. So yeah. So you doing that and sweating more and activating your sweat glands again, letting them learn that that's what they're supposed to do is huge benefits. And then you have the color therapy which, you know, when you're using the lamp saunas, this isn't true of other saunas, when you're using the lamp saunas, you get a little bit of red, orange, and yellow color from that bulb. And it helps to activate your various limited organs, the liver, the the lower parts of the body, the intestines. So, you know, that's another benefit when we're talking about the near-infrared saunas, not applying to the others. So, I mean, we're just almost touching the surface with that description, but generally that's that covers the, the basis here of what kind of benefits you get from doing the saunas.
0: And what what are the near-infrared saunas? Uh, there are, I know there are bulbs, but is there um, can people buy those? Um, I mean, I know for me, I bought one from you It was a little three-bulb contraption that you can just hang in your little sauna, or I, I hang it in my shower. It's totally portable, and I just stick a little space heater in there. Um, but what types can people use?
1: Well, there, there are all kinds of different saunas. Um, you have, you know, the typical sauna, for example, at the gym that you might go into, you know, those run anywhere from 150 degrees up to 200 degrees. You know, you walk in and you feel like you can't breathe, right? We're talking about the dry saunas, the, the ones where they have the wood benches. Um, and usually there's a heating element in there that's heating the air and that's why they have to heat it and make it so hot. It's a different type of heat that's called conduction heat. And what that does is it heats what's next to it. It's the kind of heat you use on a stovetop where you, if you have an electric you know stove where it heats the, the spiraled element there. And then you put your pan on top of that, and it, the heat then moves to the pan. Once the pan's hot enough, the heat then moves to the water, right? That's conduction heat. And those saunas have to run at very high temperatures, so they're, they're somewhat uncomfortable to be in. And the the unit heats the air, which then contacts your skin, which heats the skin, which then penetrates deeper and you know slowly heats into the body. So those are traditional saunas. They're fine to use. You're going to find you can't stay in very long. You might feel more exhausted when using them. Um, you know those are the saunas that have been around for decades or longer, right? So that's that type of sauna. Then you have, of course, steam saunas. I don't recommend steam saunas very much. I mean, if you have a lung condition or bronchial situation where the steam helps with that, then of course it's, it can be a benefit. But the moisture in there is kind of sticking to your skin. It, it doesn't really promote sweating very much. And unless that water's purified, who knows what you're bathing in in there, right? There could be chlorine in that steam, all kinds of things. And those saunas tend to build up mildew and you know and other infectious bacteria, things like that. So then they have to be cleaned with bleach. <laughs> so you're, you're getting all kinds of stuff in there. Um, And then you have the far infrared saunas, as I mentioned, those have been around and popular for a long time. Um, They use a a ceramic or carbon heating element, they don't use lights, and those tend to focus more on the far infrared spectrum. Um, And and those are very beneficial. Um, The problem is, is they use a lot of power. So I, for example, got one of these um, about eight years ago, before I knew about using lights for the saunas. And I had to have an electrician out to come, you know, give me a dedicated circuit on my power. I had to have a special plug that could handle the power draw from this thing. So, you know, that right there is a downside in and of itself. Is that the um, gigantic
0: sauna that you have displayed in your office?
1: Yes, that's my, my big <laughs> sauna, my nice big wood sauna. It's very pretty. Um, <laughs> for that reason, I like it. But yes, it draws away too much power. And when you're sitting in there, you have the, you get a lot of the EMFs. You know, electromagnetic fields, the more power you're using, the more exposure you get to that, which is the downside. So with near-infrared saunas, you have the the bulbs, and they're 750-watt light bulbs. You set up three or four of them. They can just run off a regular extension cord into a regular plug. They do not use nearly as much power. Um, They do focus more on the near-infrared spectrum. I think it might be helpful um, for our listeners to understand infrared, so I might explain that just briefly here. Um, I explain how that the conduction heat is is the type used in regular saunas or like on your stove. Um, Infrared is radiant heat. It works differently. It's the kind of heat that you experience when you stand out in the sun on a warm day, but maybe not a very hot day, right? You can go out and it can be kind of nice out, right? But if you stand in the sun, you get very warm. That's the infrared spectrum of light from the sun. It's not the UV where you get a sunburn. It's the infrared part, which just creates heat. And that's what we're using in any type of infrared sauna, whether you use a far infrared um, or you use a near infrared, you're getting those types of rays. So what happens is that it comes off the light bulb, or if you're using a far infrared sauna, it's coming off one of the ceramic or, you know, different types of heating elements they use. And it travels through the air, and it doesn't heat the air very much. But boy, when it hits your body, it starts heating your body. And those rays penetrate anywhere up to three inches. So you get a completely different sauna experience where the the gym saunas, 150 degrees to 200 degrees Fahrenheit. You know, you run an infrared sauna anywhere between 110 to maybe 130 degrees.
0: Big difference. I, I think that's important for people that are really ill or the elderly. They can't stay in that long and they need that lower temperature.
1: Exactly. Yeah, you really do. It it makes it so much more pleasant. I I hate the the traditional saunas. I really feel like I can't breathe in there. And I can stay in an infrared sauna for an hour very comfortably. So it it is a very big difference in your experience of saunas. And many people, when I talk to them about doing saunas, they envision the the type of sauna at the gym. And they're maybe not so into that, right, because it's uncomfortable. Uh, Totally different when you're using infrared. So the air does heat up a little bit, you need that, you do need that component, it, you know, it's, a, it's ideal to get it up to probably about 110, 115 degrees uh, as far as the ambient temperature and whatever sauna enclosure you're using, um, but the lights are really what's important in in heating, hitting the body and having that heat penetrate, you really start to sweat, and yet you're comfortable because the ambient temperature isn't so high.
0: So how long and how often do you need to do a sauna to get the benefit?
1: Well, anytime you do a sauna you're benefiting the moment you do a sauna you've got all those you know you're heating the body you're increasing circulation you're uh, sweating hopefully and especially as you do the more you'll sweat more you get the heat shock proteins right so anytime you do a sauna there is benefit now of course the more you do them the more the benefits accumulate um, for example when you're first starting to sweat the body actually can release more sodium potassium in the sweat you know these are important minerals that your body actually needs to retain as it learns that it's going to be sweating regularly, it, it releases less of those into the sweat. Um, so the longer you're doing saunas, the more efficient use of that sweating. You, you release less of the good stuff and you start releasing more of the toxic stuff. So the more you do them, the better. Um, it takes years to get all these toxins out of the body. Years. Uh, you know, probably not even can't be done in five years. This is this is the reality of our situation today, no matter how you go about doing it. We see a lot of you know ads and web pages promoting a two-week cleanse, and we think we can drink some lemon juice with cayenne pepper for two weeks and get all the toxins out. But I know Wendy, you have the same experience. This just isn't the way it is. Yeah,
0: it's laughable. Detox in a box, ten days.
1: <laughs> exactly. You know, and there can be some benefit, but these toxins are very deeply embedded, and there are a lot of them. So, doing saunas, you figure if you're going to invest in having one, use it for a few years or longer. Um, generally, it is nice if you can hop in there every day. You know, even if it's just 20 minutes and you'll find you, you actually enjoy that time. And remember, you can do things while you're in the sauna. You can, you know, if, you, if you're so busy that, you know, you, you need to use that time. Well, that's OK. You can text message or, you know, do read a book or, you know, do some work while you're in there. Listen Although to the I,
0: Live to 110 podcast.
1: That's right. You can <laughs> do that, too. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know, it's not wasted time of your day. If you're that busy, don't think of it that way. Um, but generally, you want to use them every day if you can. But, you know, let's say you can only do it once a week or three times a week, that's helpful, too. But plan on doing it for for a few years, at least.
0: And so can you give us some tips for sauna use? Like, what are some little do's and don'ts for using the sauna?
1: All right. Well, generally, you want to start slowly. And the more infirm you are, the more ill, you definitely want to start even slower. You can try starting for even five minutes in the sauna. Um, I'm going to be talking here mostly about near-infrared saunas, which is the kind that use the bulbs. Um, because that is generally what we recommend. It's the most um, efficient and the least expensive to operate and least expensive to set up. Um, So what you want to do is you want to make sure you're hydrated. That's very important because your body will not sweat very readily if you're not hydrated. So you do want to drink water on a regular basis, about three quarts a day or three liters a day of high-quality water for most adults is the right amount of water to drink. And so you just want to drink that on a regular basis. You're talking about things like spring water or a a simple carbon or ceramic filtered water. Those two are usually best. And you want to drink those on a regular basis. You can drink some water before you get in. You can try and get a glass or two of water down before your sauna. You can bring water in with you. Although a lot of people don't find they need to drink while in the sauna, you definitely can, and you can hydrate a little bit afterwards. Don't don't guzzle water and try to force it down. Your body will, will guide you a little bit here on how much you need to drink. Um, but uh, that is helpful. You do want to be hydrated. I have found that for some people who have trouble sweating or heating up, that drinking warm water, like you heat it up or you make a tea, like a chamomile tea, um, while you're in the sauna or just before, actually speeds up the the heating up of the body process and it might help you sweat sooner um so that's one component of it you do want to be eating healthy foods um, this is important you know you want to be eating lots of cooked vegetables you do need your healthy proteins. some people benefit actually from some whole grains depending on the way their body's metabolizing so you do want healthy foods about 12 ounces a day of vegetable juice Uh, carrot and other vegetable juice, not fruit, but those vegetable juices are very helpful in replenishing the body. So you do want to keep that in mind. You want to nourish yourself well while doing saunas. The the body sometimes won't release toxins until it has the right nutrient because some of these toxins are used as as spare parts in the body. They're literally filling a hole. And when you get the right nutrient mineral in, it releases that. Um, And you do lose some important nutrients through your sweat. So you do need to eat eat properly. Keep that in mind when doing saunas. So, you know, there's that component, although we don't really need special foods. Really, kelp is one of the things that's um, a good thing to add as long as you don't have Graves' disease or hyperthyroid or some type of iodine sensitivity. Usually, you can add up to about 4,000 milligrams of kelp per day to supply some good minerals. Uh, But when when you're going into the sauna, it's ideal. Usually, you want to do it when you're relaxed. So first thing in the morning is a great time to do it. I like waking up to a sauna and uh, you can also do it uh, late at night or not late at night but at night before bed that's another good time when you're most relaxed because the the body sweats more easily when it's relaxed but you can really do a sauna any time of day uh, ideally just not right after a large meal that's usually not a good time to do a sauna um, uh, doing it without clothes on is important because of the way this type of sauna works you don't want the lights to hit your clothes and heat your clothes you can wear a bathing suit but you do want as much skin exposure while you're in the sauna. It also helps when you're sweating to have the the skin exposed. And you can, most people like to sit on a towel and maybe have a towel in there with them to wipe off the sweat as they're sweating and the towel under you will catch it because it'll, it will drip off of you. You're doing it right. (laughs) Right, Wendy? Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It drips off of you. So it's having a towel under you. is kind of handy. Um, and when you're doing the saunas, you know, like I said, start slowly. You can work up, to maybe 20 minutes at a time. I know Dr. Wilson doesn't re- recommend staying in the sauna longer than 20 minutes unless you're on a full nutritional balancing program because it can be very intense and you need the other proper support for your body to deal with everything that's going to be occurring while you're in the sauna. There's, there's a lot of changes going on in your body.
0: Yeah, and you're and, also sweating out a lot of minerals and you have to be on a remineralizing program like nutritional balancing to replace those minerals that you're losing or it can actually you know be counterproductive
1: it can especially if you're doing the really long saunas you know like we say up to 20 minutes in a sauna you're fine Um, some people of course there are a lot of people out there doing infrared saunas right that aren't on a program and you just want to be safe about it though so it is generally best to to maybe do it for 20 minutes Um, if you want to do longer than that make sure you're on you know a good program that's nourishing you well because you will detoxify. You'll have you know, what we call healing reactions, where the body is, is cleansing something or fighting off an infection or doing some change, and you can get symptoms from that. So uh, that's why you want to eat well, be hydrated, you know, take care of yourself in other ways so that your body can properly do these things without it being too uncomfortable for you. Um, so work your way up slowly to about 20 minutes. Now, people on our protocol, the Nutritional Balancing Program, depending on your test results and the patterns you're in, uh, you know, you can tolerate more than that. And that's something to work with your practitioner on, on finding out how long to stay in the sauna and how often to do it during the day. You know, there are times when it's wonderful to do a sauna frequently and for short bursts. For example, when you're dealing with infection, let's say you catch a cold or a flu, um, heating the body, as I mentioned earlier, is one of the, the ways that the immune system actually overcomes those infections. So you can go into a sauna for 10 or 15 minutes up to six times a day while you're dealing with infection. Uh, During infection, you don't really want to do really long saunas. It's too much stress on the body. But you do want to do short saunas and frequently actually helps move you through that infection faster. Um, When you're done with the sauna, it's good to rest. So you want to lay down for about 10 minutes afterwards, even 15 minutes. You'll feel your body will continue to sweat a little bit. It'll, it'll readjust, it'll cool off during that time. It's normal to feel a little bit faint at times when doing the saunas, when heating the body, you have to be careful not to let it get too much there. That's, it's an important thing to keep an eye on. If you're feeling too faint, get out of the sauna right away and lay down, cool yourself off. Uh, but generally that's what you do. So you hop in, you, you. You may want to preheat the sauna before you get in so it's warm enough that in the 20 minutes you're in there, you do work up a nice sweat, and then when you're done, you know, resting afterwards is a good idea.
0: And what about showering? Should you shower right after? I always, like, run into the shower, I'm like, ah, to rinse off, rinse off the toxins.
1: <laughs> I generally find towelling off gets most of that stuff off your skin okay um, so you know some people really want to shower quickly first before they rest but remember rest is important afterwards so you don't want to do your long shampoo and condition and you know your long shower before resting. so if that's the kind of shower you're going to be taking I recommend generally towelling off resting for about 10 minutes and then taking your shower
0: okay. And so, are there any cautions with using a, a near infrared sauna? Like, what are the contraindications for sauna use? Meaning, are there any people that should not be using a sauna, like children and the elderly and whatnot?
1: Generally, we have to say this because it's true. If you if you have a particular health condition and you're concerned about whether or not a sauna is going to be helpful for you, you can consult your doctor, right? It doesn't hurt to do that. Um, if you have a health practitioner, you know, talk to them about it. Uh, but generally, most people benefit from saunas. We don't recommend them for pregnant women. Not enough testing has been done to see how it affects the, the baby. Um, and usually children under five years old really don't. Need to do these saunas. We don't really have children under five do the saunas. Um, if you have active skin cancer, we generally do not recommend doing saunas for active skin cancer, although it has been found that when people have other forms of cancer, the, the saunas are very beneficial. Uh, another issue is if you're very frail, you know, very weak, you do want to make sure you're supervised, at least until you know how you handle the saunas. Um, children also, any children, you know, five and up, they can use the sauna. Make sure that the the lights are aimed at their torso when they're in there because they're smaller. You may have to adjust the height of the lights. You want the, the, usually it's a three or four light unit in these saunas. And it will aim, you want it aimed at your torso. You don't want it aimed at your head. You don't want to, you know, overheat the brain. Um, Now, they do sell little sauna units, which are, you know, they're far infrared where you're enclosed in it and your head sticking out. Have you seen those, Wendy? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I don't recommend that. You want to do a full sauna experience, right? Don't be afraid to have your head in there.
0: Yeah, I want to detox my brain and my facial skin. So. Yeah,
1: it's the, whole, the whole body should be in the sauna. So that's really how it's best to do it. But it is best not to have the lights aimed right at your head. It can make your brain a little too hot if you do that for too long. Um, So, with children, you're going to want to adjust it down to where it's hitting their torso, and you do want to supervise them. You know, obviously, you know if your child's old enough to, to be in there unsupervised. You don't want to splash water on those bulbs. Careful not to touch the bulbs. They do get very hot. I find for safety purposes, it's best to get a sauna unit that has a screen or fine mesh over those bulbs just in case one of the bulbs happens to break. Um, which is extraordinarily rare, but it has happened if there's a faulty bulb. Um, so you know, if you have a, a, a mesh screen in front of it, it catches all that. There's nothing to worry about there. But you do, you know, you do want to generally have that kind of protection on it. Um, but if, if you're frail, if you're weak, again, start slowly, see how you respond, work up slowly on that, and do get supervision if you're weak enough that you know that it would call for for that.
0: What about rosacea? Is rosacea okay in the sauna?
1: No, heat tends to flare up rosacea. You can try it, but he does tend to flare up rosacea. Most other skin conditions are just fine. Um, but yes, rosacea is one of those that, that might be flared up. And rosacea generally heat flares it up. So saunas may not be great for rosacea. In the short term, now long-term effects, it's hard to say, right? If you can unclog the skin and heal the liver and heal the rest of the body to a degree, you, you know, the rosacea may improve over time.
0: And what is your opinion on breast implants?
1: As far as being used in the sauna? Yeah. That's a good question. That's a big
0: question that I've, I've, you know, I'm personally curious about because I have breast implants that I stupidly got when I was 19 years old and really, you know, retarded as a teenager. And, um, so for me, I, everything I've read says don't use uh, a sauna if you have breast implants, but I've been using for a couple of years. I don't seem to have any problems with them. Um, I think that, that, um. Many physicians, just as a default, automatically say, "Better be safe than sorry," and don't use one. Perhaps they can deteriorate or heat up too much in the sauna. But I haven't had any problems, so that's just a personal choice. Do you have an opinion on that at all?
1: Well, I do. Your doctors have to do defensive medicine, right? They have to be on the cautious side, so you know lawsuits and things like that. you know, you're not heating your body that much when you're in sauna. If you were, you would, you know, <laughs> you'd die. There'd be some major event. So, um, you know, I can't imagine that that the, the breast implant material is that sensitive, that heating to a degree that the cells of your body can tolerate would degrade that material. But it's a little difficult to say. That would be an area of research that actually would be interesting if someone would do that, um, you know, seeing at what temperatures those materials start to break down. If you're concerned about it, what um, I suggest women do uh, is wear a, uh, just wear, you know, something wrapped around their breasts, wear like a bathing suit or something. It does block some of that heat from directly hitting the breast tissue. And some women, the breasts are more sensitive. And because if you're facing the sauna lights, your breasts are closer to the light. Sometimes women do find they like to cover a little bit just anyway regardless of breast implants just to to keep that area from getting too hot at least while facing the lights and when you're turned around and your backs to the lights that heat's not really penetrating the breast tissue very much Um, so in that case you really don't need to worry about it
0: and so do you need to go to a spa that has an infrared sauna or can you set up a sauna in your home
1: you can set it up in your home, and honestly, that's the most cost-effective thing to do. If you have to I mean, imagine how much you pay every time you go to use right, the, the, the gym or the you know some spa where you're having to pay every time you go in their sauna, um, it's better to set it up at home. The other problem is you want to be relaxed. You don't want to have to get dressed, go in your car, drive over there, do the sauna. I mean, it's, it's a lot of work, and you're usually not catching it first thing in the morning or right before bed if you're doing it that way. So it's very easy to set up one of these at your house if you're handy, the instructions are on Dr. Wilson's website, drlwilson.com, on how to build your own. Now you do have to be a little bit knowledgeable in electrical wiring to do this, but there are a lot of people now making these sauna light units. I actually do have one, as Wendy mentioned, um, that I, I make for you know my clients, and and so you know a lot of practitioners are starting to to manufacture these now. And the cost can range usually around maybe $250 upwards for the light unit. Uh, Now, that's the heating element, the unit of lights. And you do need an enclosure. You need to build up the ambient temperature in in the space. You can't just sit in the middle of the room and aim three lights and expect, you know, at your body and expect to have a full sauna experience. So, you do want to try to have an enclosure. So some people hang it in their bathroom, like if they have a very small bathroom, you can do that, or a um, bathtub. So you hang it or prop it up on one end of the bathtub, and you close the shower curtains, and you, you sit in there. Generally, I think, Wendy, you mentioned you run a space heater with yours.
0: I do, because I, I like it a little bit hotter, so I have a little you know space heater, and I just throw a... A sheet over my, you know, over the rod, you know, because most people, they have a rod and it doesn't go all the way to the ceiling. So the heat escapes. So I just threw a sheet over, you know, dedicated a bathroom to that and, um, just have the sheet, you know, seal off all the little, you know, gaps, you know, where the heat could escape and I'm good to go.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Generally it's, it's easy to use. And usually if you're not doing it in a very small space, you want to run a space heater. You do need to bring that temperature up and so you you prep the space you turn on the lights you run the little heater for a little while before you get in so it's warm enough that you do sweat and you can even you know get a little temperature gauge in there you know they're inexpensive from the hardware store and, and you know a thermometer that you can see what uh, temperature you're getting to and some people tell me i'm not sweating and i say well check the temperature and the, the room temperature wherever they're doing it maybe is only getting up to 100 105. some people do need it warmer than that to sweat And that's where you want to make sure you're insulating the area properly. As Wendy mentioned, you know, when you're in a shower or a bathtub, you've got usually that gap above the shower curtain Well, heat is going to escape through that gap. So it's very easy to rig up something to basically what you want to do is lower the ceiling height or, or at least fill that gap. But lowering the ceiling height is even more effective. So you can uh, hang another shower curtain on the inside wall of the shower. Uh, run it parallel to the current shower curtain, but on the inside wall and put another shower curtain on there and then drape it over. I hope that makes sense. But you basically, you know, create a new roof line there, lower the ceiling height by hanging two shower rods, you know, running lengthwise down that about, you know, the width of the bathtub apart. And so you can lower the ceiling height. You can lay mats down under you in the bathtub or the bathroom or the closet. For example, a lot of people use a small closet for this. So, Really all you have to do is create a space where you can get the temperature up and you can sit in front of those lights. And so, you know, it gets, it's very inexpensive to set up.
0: So what if someone wants to just buy the, the full on, you know, cedar sauna set up in their home, what brands of saunas do you recommend?
1: You know, I haven't purchased enough of those or had clients purchase enough to have a, a brand that stands out as being the one to use, right? Most of them are good. Um, on uh, Dr. Wilson's website at drlwilson.com, he does have a list of sauna manufacturers. Um, These people have been doing it a while. Most are really good. Um, They've been evolving their product over time. And so, you know, you can just look around for near-infrared sauna. And I generally find you do want an enclosure. They have some for sale where you sit in the middle of a room and they have these stands that you aim, you know, multiple lights at you that light can be fairly intense. I don't recommend using, for example, seven bulbs in your sauna. There are some that, that do that. I think that can be a little too intense. I've had clients report to me that it was too intense. So generally, maybe four, maybe five is good. Um, and you know, you're know, you just looking for an enclosure generally made of you know good materials. It can be fabric. A lot of these guys sell canvas covers. Some of them make nice wood saunas. Now, there is another option. And that's if you have a near, uh, sorry, a far infrared sauna. If you already have a far infrared sauna um, or you can buy them inexpensively, you know, I mean, Costco even sells them or you can find a used one. So you've got the wood enclosure and it usually comes with a nice door on it. And then you modify it by adding the lights unit. And that is another option. So you can, you know, get, if you have one already or you want to get one or you have an inexpensive way to acquire that, that gives you the insulating wood enclosure. Then you put the the near infrared lights unit. And again, um, sources who sell those are also on Dr. Wilson's website. You can ask your health practitioner. If you're listening to this and you're already on a nutritional balancing program, you might want to ask your health practitioner how best to, to acquire one of these lighting units and they'll help you. But there are more and more people selling these. They're all over the place now, <laughs> and uh, most of them do a pretty good job of it. Like I said, I would focus, uh, make sure that whatever one that you buy has um, some type of protective screen over the front of that bulb. It keeps you from accidentally bumping into it, and just in case the bulb breaks for some reason, you know, it protects you in that way.
0: Well, Nikki, thank you so much for being on the show. That was incredibly informative, and I only hope that all the listeners out there get the message and jump in their sauna. go get, Go out and get one and try it out.
1: Yeah, and um, they can try it at a gym, I'm mean, not a gym, but there are places that have, now they have far infrared saunas, it's not the near, but it's a similar enough experience that, you know, you can always try it too. Um, you'll see the difference, it's amazing. I definitely recommend them for, for anybody, it's just a nice thing to have in your home.
0: Yeah, that's what I did, I went to a spa or a, a place that I, you know, it was near my house, I went there for really a year, I went there two or three times a week for a year before I finally broke down and just bought the near-infrared lamp uh, contraption and just do it in my home already because I realize it's something I'm going to do for the rest of my life. You have to if you plan on being healthy, at least that's my opinion. And I think it's an absolute must in our increasingly toxic world, and it's really only going to get worse. So it's time for you listeners to, you know, make one or get your own little sweatshop and put it in your home.
1: That's right. Yep, it's easy to do. It really is, and it's very inexpensive. So, and everybody can use it. The whole family.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. So Nikki, can you tell the listeners a little bit more about you and where they can find you?
1: Well, uh, my website is MosesNutrition.com. It's M-O-S-E-S Nutrition.com. That has a uh, contact information for me. It has uh, you know more about my protocol and what I do. So you can email me from that site, and and our phone number, of course, is there as well. So that's usually the best way to uh, to find me is uh, via my website.
0: And you sell a near-infrared lamp uh, contraption also, don't you?
1: I do, yes. Um, I do currently sell that. Uh, I know this podcast might be out there for quite some time, so it's best to check my website for current details on that. Um, I'm in the process of of trying to develop also an enclosure. All I have is the light unit, so that has to be set up in a shower or a, a closet or some other space like that. So eventually I hope to have an actual enclosure that can go with it.
0: Okay, great. So just listeners, contact Nikki. Um, your sister makes them, I understand. So just contact Nikki <laughs> if uh, you're interested in purchasing one of those. Yes. And if any of you, the listeners, are interested in learning more about infrared saunas, you can visit drlwilson.com. He has a ton of info on there about sauna therapy. And I have a blog post appropriately entitled Infrared Saunas, where you can find you know lots of info on the different kinds of infrared saunas, and also a list of uh, places in LA or, uh, that you can go to and sites to search for one in your area. And I'm also currently writing a blog post about near infrared lamp sauna therapy. So keep your eyes peeled for that post. And if you want to learn more about health, you can follow me on Facebook and Twitter at IWillLiveTo110. I am also on YouTube at Wendy live to 110 and on Instagram and Pinterest at LiveTo110. And if you want to learn more about weight loss or the modern paleo diet, my version of paleo, go to LiveTo110.com and sign up for my free 33-page Live to 110 by Weighing Less eGuide, and you'll also get my 14-part email series about the Modern Paleo Diet, which are all about how to live a long, healthy, disease-free life. So go check out our websites. Kate was not here with us today. She couldn't be here. But you can find her at fitness-broad.com and me at Wendy at live 110com And if you like what you heard on the show today, please give the Live to 110 podcast a nice review and rating in iTunes. I would really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to the Live to 110 podcast.